Welcome to Harvest Time Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jules Pritchard. Oh, welcome to church. We're going to read from Genesis chapter 22. Story of Abraham and Isaac. From verse 1. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father. And he said, Here am I, my son. Then he said, look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Yeah. So this account of God's request to Abraham to offer up his son as a sacrifice, it's a little bit hard, you know, to get your head around. Um, You know, for those of us that, that... you know, grew up in a Christian home and we've heard this story many times. It, you know, we, we lose the impact of it. But, you know, how can a, a loving God ask a father to murder his son? And um, it's a question of pain and it's something that all of us as God's children have to face 
in our lives. And when we go through trials and difficulties and suffering in this life, which is going to come, we have the question in our minds to say, why does God allow suffering? And some of us, our lives are are full. Many of us, as I look at the room, have been through difficulties in life. And all of us have experienced some sort of pain. And um, you don't have to go looking for pain. It will come looking for you. And, you know, one of the most beautiful things when you see elderly people in the house of God in their 70s and 80s and 90s and even, um, you know, even in, in their hundreds, but uh, even, you know, as Queen Elizabeth passed away this week, we know or well, we hear that, you know, she's a uh, Bible-believing Christian who honored God throughout her life. But when you see an elderly person lifting their hands to worship, you know that they have been through pain in their life, but there's something in them uh, that has gained victory over that pain and they're able to lift their hands in worship. So God had a specific call over Abraham's life that he would be uh, the father of a nation of people which were called to glorify God. And because of the call on his life, God led Abraham to a place in his life where he had to trust God and to go through pain in his life but still be able to lift his hands and glorify the Lord and enter, find a place of worship. So we see here this God's instruction to Abraham was our loving father who doesn't want to cause pain in his children's life but will allow pain in their lives in order to bring them to a place of intimacy or into a place of worship. We know Abraham's story when he was 75 years old, he ha- his wife was barren and he didn't have any children. God spoke to him and said, uh, you will be the father of many nations. Nations will come uh, from your life. And, but Abraham had that question was, how is that possible? My wife is, is reaching um, the age where she can no longer give birth to children. And we know in those days uh, people lived a little longer, but she was well beyond the age of uh, childbearing. So when Abraham had to wait 25 years until he was 100 years old, and it was during that time that he learnt to worship God and he learned to believe God because he didn't see naturally that promise being fulfilled in his life but God allowed him to go through the process of pain and to go through the process of questioning God um, in order to come out the other side and when he gained what he needed to gain in God's presence when he came to understand the goodness and the faithfulness of God it's when God gave him a son. But maybe he became 
a little bit complacent in his life and the Lord, uh, the, our good father, wanted to visit Abraham and wanted to stir his faith a little bit more and wanted to bring him into a, a place of intimacy. And God called out to Abraham. And, and, and in that place where Abraham was, God said, bring your son, the one that you love, and take him up the mountain. I want to bring you uh, into a place of worship. So we see Abraham, even though he loved his son so much, and even though he knew that the, all the promises of God uh, were going to be fulfilled through his son, he was able to find a place of worship. And he took his son together with him to worship God. And as I was meditating on that, you know, it was that thought came into my heart that it is the biggest privilege a father could have in this world is to take his son, his daughter, into God's house to worship him, to worship God, that we would take those closest to us uh, into God's presence and those that we meet. So pain is something that we all deal with right from the start when a child is born into this world, He's born uh, through pain, the pain of childbirth. And some of us may have found faith to, to have a pain-free childbirth, which is, which is awesome, and I celebrate that if that is your experience. But even though you may have a pain-free childbirth, this world is full of pain. And, you know, one thing as a, as a, as a parent... I feel like I'd, I never really prepared my kids enough for the pain that they were going to face in this world. And I was thinking about why. It's because we don't wish that our children would go through the pain that we went through. But the fact is that we are born in this wicked world that is apart from God. And we are going uh, to face pain. And in fact, Jesus prepared his disciples for pain. And he said those that... That, that follow me and those who live godly uh, in me, in this world, will suffer persecution, will go through pain. And uh, we know in heaven there is no pain, there is no tears. And, uh, but why? Because God is there, his presence is there. So I, I want to speak a little bit to you about pain this morning. And the first thing uh, that I want to say is if you are going through pain right now in your life, then there is a place of worship that you need to go to. And it's in God's presence that you will find relief from pain. And you can share your burdens with one another, and that's good to do. But I may not have the answer for you, the pain that you are going through. But one thing I know is that Jesus does. And um, there, there was a guy uh, back in... 1873, by the name of Harito Spafford, something like that. He was a, a philanthropist, 
and he was a lawyer in New York, and he had five children. He had four girls and, and a little boy, and he went through some disaster in his life. His, his house burnt down, and he lost his son, in, um, I think, in, uh, to some disease. Shortly after that, uh, he, he wanted to take his wife and his uh, four girls on a holiday uh, to Europe. And so he sent them on a ship, but he had to stay behind uh, for some business and he was going to follow them. Unfortunately, on the, uh, on the trip to England, the boat struck another boat and sunk. And his wife was saved, but he lost his four girls. So he boarded a ship uh, in order to go and meet his wife in England. And as he was crossing the ocean, he came to the place where he lost his girls, where the ship sunk. And he walked up on the deck uh, to pray and to seek God. And as he began to pray in that spot, he experienced the presence of God. It came over him, uh, and, and he penned the song, uh, It is well with my soul. Because it was there in that place of pain, he experienced God's peace. And, and, and he penned that song, when, when peace like a river overwhelms me, I find there is, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet and trials will come, it is well, it is well with my soul. Because whatever pain we're going through, if we take that pain into a place of prayer, into a place of worship, we will find peace for our soul. And he is the only one that can comfort your pain. So God doesn't cause pain. He is a good God. And that pain hurts him as well. And if any of you, I mean, all of us in this room have been through pain. And, and some of the hardest pain that we go through is the pain of rejection. When we give our heart to another human being and they act us, sometimes that is painful. But I want to encourage you today, if you've been through rejection, if you're experiencing the pain of rejection in your heart, then I will encourage you to go to worship, to seek God and find a place of acceptance uh, in Jesus. Because pain in our life, it's a call to worship. It's a call to the presence of God. It's a call to seek God. And, and God called Abraham to worship, but he called Abraham in a place of pain. How could, as a father, how could I pull the knife on my son? If God asked me to do that, I don't think I could do it. That would, be, that would hurt my heart. But it was in that place that Abraham was able to find worship. Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, 
and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. So in that place of pain, Abraham obeyed and he found a place of worship. And I had this image this morning when I was in prayer of a can opening up. And, you know, you hear the term, oh, be careful, you'll open a can of worms. And many of us, especially us men, we don't like bearing our deepest, darkest thoughts. We don't like opening up the can of worms, but it's actually in a place of worship where we need to open up the can of worms. If there's stuff in there, if there's unresolved issues in your heart, if there's unresolved pain, then I would encourage you when you come into a place of worship, when you find a place of prayer and worship, open it up and let it out. And that, that is called vulnerability. And that is where God called Abraham to come to a place of vulnerability a place of sacrifice. So pain is an opportunity. Pain in your life is an opportunity to get vulnerable with God, to come before Him and not to pretend, but to open up, to crack the seal and to open up and to let the light of God shine into your heart. So we see... In this story, God was wanting to bring Abraham into a a place of love, a place of devotion, a place of worship. So pain gives us an opportunity to love God with everything that we have. And uh, we see love is communicated through sacrifice. That is how we communicate love. Or it is how we fail to communicate love. I remember when Holly and I were first dating and I invited Holly over to my place because I was going to cook a meal for her. So I think we'd only been on one, one date previously. So she was quite excited, you know, and uh, she got all dressed up and, you know, came over. And um, I cracked out the, uh, the toast and, uh, and the eggs and made a, a, uh, a meal. <laughs> but uh, I did o- o- offer to open up the baked beans, but she couldn't quite go there. Um, so I-, I thought that was good, you know. Um, but I learned later that she was quite disappointed, you know, with that. And um, I didn't understand, you know, because I never saw my father communicate love to my mother in that way. And, um, but Holly, you know, I think I understand now that a girl wants to feel, you know, love communicated in a way that she would understand. I think she felt a little bit undervalued <laughs> from the eggs and toast. 
and would probably appreciate a little bit more, you know, effort. Um, so, you know, I am learning these things, but you know, love is communicated through sacrifice. Fortunately, I was able to communicate love some other way, but yeah. So, God called Abraham to communicate his love through something, through something tangible, through a sacrifice. Um, for me, I guess what Holly didn't understand was that, you know, my mother ruled the kitchen with an iron fist. <laughs> and uh, she knew where everything was. And whenever I went into the kitchen to do anything, it was like, no, don't come into my domain. I'll make it for you. I'll, you know, my mother was like task orientated, and that's how she communicated her love. And she would never use a dishwasher because she enjoyed washing up. And um, so, but however, for me to force my way into the kitchen to make toast and eggs, uh, it was, you know, it was a breakthrough moment for me. So, <laughs> but love is communicated you know, through sacrifice. We know the story of Job. You know, Job went through a great sacrifice in his life. And not that he chose to, but we know that he went through the story of Job is a story uh, where he lost everything. And raiders came in and took all his his cattle, uh, there was a disaster while his children were partying and he lost all of his children. And he came to the place in Job chapter 1 verse 20 where he just had nothing except his wife and he arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and he fell to the ground and he worshipped. Job found in that place of pain. He found a place where he could go to receive relief from that pain. And it was a place of worship that he found. And in that place of worship, he confessed, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In his understanding, it was the Lord that took it away. But we can see, uh, when we balance that out with the whole Bible, that we can see that God is a God of love. And he does not desire for anything bad to happen to his children. But he turns bad situations into good when we find a place of worship, we know that God turned Job's story around. Uh, at the end of the book, you can see God gave him double and restored everything to him because he found a place of worship. Naked I came, naked I shall return. The Lord gives, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So for Job, he found a place of worship that eased the pain. 
So when Abraham went up the mountain with Isaac, he turned and said to his young men in, in Genesis 22 verse 5, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go. So he took his son together with him and he went to worship. So we see here, in the midst of pain, uh, we must take those that are close to us in, into, a, into God's presence and into a place of worship. Because worship in the midst of pain will bring relief and it will bring a restoration in your life. So Abraham knew somehow that even though he was going to go through the most painful act in worship, he knew somehow that God was a God of resurrection. That's why he was able to say to the men that were with him, we are going to worship, but we will come back. We will come back to you. So worship creates an opportunity for intimacy. And worship, as we're going through pain, uh, creates an instant bond between you and God. Not only that, as we learn in God's house to share our burdens with one another, we open an opportunity for Jesus to bring healing. In Galatians 6 verse 2, it says, Bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. So we are called to open up to one another, to be vulnerable. I can't bear your burden if I don't know what your burden is. But myself alone cannot know all of you intimately. But you have an obligation if you're part of this body or part of this family to find some people that you can open up to, that you can bear your burdens with them. And that's why we have you know, small groups that meet. But all of us have an opportunity not to be islands, not to be isolated, but to find brothers and sisters that you trust, that you can open up to. And if you do that, the Bible tells us that we fulfill the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ? The law of Christ is the law of love, that we would love one another. He says, if you do this, you fulfill all the law of and prophets. So it takes effort. And sometimes even, you know, I know as a man that grew up uh, in this culture in Australia, we are not encouraged to show our weaknesses or our pain. We're not encouraged to be honest and open. But in the church of God, we are called to bear one another's burdens. So pain is an opportunity not only to create intimacy with God, but to create intimacy with one another. To become open and vulnerable. 
And pain helps us to identify with our Savior. Jesus chose 12 men that he could be most open and vulnerable with. And he bared his heart with them. We don't know a lot of the details that he discussed, but we do know a lot uh, from what we read you know, in the scriptures. And we can see that Jesus uh, was open and he shared, uh, he didn't keep anything at bay from those that he was close to. He opened up. He was, Jesus was an open book. And if we close up, if we harbor bitter feelings, if we don't confess our sin to one another, then we are blocking intimacy with God. So when Isaac uh, said to his father, you know, we have the, the wood, but where is the lamb? Abraham knew, knowing what he was going to do, said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So in that place of pain, Abraham found the Savior. In that place where, where he knew he was going to sacrifice his son, he got a revelation that there was going to be a man who would become a lamb. God will provide for himself the lamb. Why? Because nothing that we can provide provide for the Lord is going to satisfy. All of man's effort to travel, to climb, to cut, to burn, none of it will satisfy the righteous requirements of God. It's only the lamb that he was going to provide. God himself will provide an appropriate sacrifice. So we can rest in that. We can rest in the sacrifice of the lamb, the man, Christ Jesus, who became a lamb. Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize. We have a high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, who went through pain. So he went through the agony of pain. And the biggest, the, the, the most painful agony that Jesus went through, the lamb, the man that became a lamb, the most painful agony he went through was the pain of rejection. He was rejected by those closest to him. Not only that, when he took the weight of the sin of the world, he was rejected by his father. And he even cried out, Father, why? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you rejected me? 
for the previous eternity, he had never been separated from his father. He was so close and so intimate. But he had to go through this rejection. He had to be rejected by his father so that you and I could be accepted. We no longer need to be rejected because Jesus bore that rejection. That sin and that rebellion in our life that's caused us to be separated from the Father. Jesus bore it. And he went through that pain of rejection. And I know when you give your heart to someone to love them and they reject you, it hurts. But that is just a small portion of the rejection that Jesus went through for you. And that is where we see the intense love of God. That we could understand a little bit from this story of how God had called the father of the Jewish nation to step up and to offer a sacrifice that most of us of, as fathers could never dream of doing. But in that, Abraham was able to identify a little bit with the intense love of the Father for humanity. In Hebrews 11, verse 17, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it is said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. In Isaac your seed shall be called. So in that child of promise, as that child of promise is offered up, it is there in that act of love, in that act of worship, that a seed will be brought into the world. And we know it is through the seed of Christ that the family of God is multiplied. And men and women here, 2022, or in fact not just here but all over the world, the seed of God's love is being multiplied. In um, Hebrews chapter 12, Verse 1, the writer of Hebrews, Apostle Paul, encourages us, Therefore also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, what with the cloud of witnesses we read in, in Hebrews chapter 11, the many people that throughout the ages chose to love God and the fruit of their lives spoke about sacrifice and um, you can read right through that but there were some who were torched and uh, they were tortured not accepting deliverance so they may obtain a better resurrection and they would not deny their faith because they realized that it was an opportunity to show their love to the Lord. But because 
we have this account of history throughout church history of many that have laid down their lives for Jesus. We are encouraged uh, to press on, to lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us. So this sin that easily ensnares us and the weight, the weight, one of the weights that we carry around is not only the effect of sin, but also the self-effort to try and get right with God. You know, the weight of religion and the weight of self-effort to try and get right with God through our own good works, that's a heavy weight to carry. And like Isaac said to his father, you know, we're carrying, carrying this heavy weight, we're carrying this wood, but where's the sacrifice? You know, we're making an effort to get to this place to worship God. And Abraham understood God himself will provide. So we, we don't have to carry weight of religious effort because he has provided. He has provided an appropriate sacrifice. So let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. What is the, the race? It is the race to Jesus. And we know the world is drawing to an end and the race is getting far. The pace of life is increasing. We must run to Jesus. The race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who with the joy that was set before him endured the pain of the cross he despised the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So worship through pain, it's an opportunity for promotion. Worship through pain is an opportunity to be exalted to the right hand of, of God. When Abraham lifted up the knife, when everything within him was crying out in pain to murder his beloved son, the voice came from heaven, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Abraham came, came to a place where he identified with the Father. The Father's love for the world was a, was a love that required a sacrifice. Abraham identified with the, with the willingness of the Father to murder his son. But we, we know that... we. As we sang that song this morning, we, we just, we can't even begin to understand how much it hurt the father to sacrifice his son. 
We can't even, we can't get our mind around it. That's why he gives us these little snippets of God's mind uh, in types and analogies throughout the Bible. And, and so we see the story of Abraham sacrificing his son. It's a little bit easier for us to even try to imagine. But he's now, God said to Abraham, now that you have understood a little bit more about me, don't lay your hand on your son. Because now I know you identify with my love. And I am going to promote you to a, a place of significance in your life. That's why we call him father. It's not only the Christian that call Abraham father, but it's also the Jewish nation and it's also the Muslims. They all respect Abraham because he reflected the heart of the father. He didn't withheld. So what is a father's heart? A father is one, a true father is one that doesn't withhold. A true father, the true of a father is one who makes selfless sacrifices. And I believe the biggest need in the body of Christ today in this city is fathers. Men that have made sacrifices in their life are for their families and for the name of Jesus Christ. And uh, we, we're calling in fathers. We're calling them in. We need them. The younger generation needs to see fathers. Uh, where are the men in their 70s, in their 80s, in their 90s that are still in the house of God? but it's still lifting up hands of sacrifice. In Proverbs 29 verse 2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. So a wicked man is a selfish man. But when a selfish man rules, people groan. People suffer. And we need to call in the fathers, the selfless ones, the ones that are willing to deny themselves. Because when selfless men uh, come into a place of authority, the people rejoice. The people rejoice. There was a, a man by the name of Jabez. Jabez means sorrow in First Chronicles chapter 4, uh, verse 9 and 10. He, Jabez was given the name sorrow because his mother had given birth to him uh, in pain, in sorrow. And her life, life of sorrow, and she was so depressed that she named her child Sorrow. So there wasn't much hope for Jabez in his life. Every time his mother called Jabez, she's calling, sorrow, come here, depression, come on, let's go. And she began to prophesy into his life. 
the way that she was feeling. And one thing we learn about pain, if we don't deal with our pain, if we don't take our pain into a place of worship, we will begin to prophesy that over others. And if we don't deal with, with the pain or the hurt that we've been through in our life, then we will multiply that in others. But fortunately, Jabez found a place of worship. He found a place where he could go to to deal with his pain. He called on the God of Israel. And he called on God to bless him. If you're going through pain today, whatever it is in your life, I would encourage you to call out to God. Not just here, but when you go home tonight, tomorrow morning, when you get up, find a secret place. Get by yourself. Lock yourself in the room. Lock yourself in the car. Go for a walk and cry out to God. Take your pain to that secret place and you will find comfort. So Jabez called on the name of the Lord. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. Jabez, in the midst of his pain, he understood that God was good. And he understood that if he went to a good God and asked that good God to bless him and to enlarge him, then he would find relief from his pain and that he would find relief from evil so that he would then not cause pain to others. So whatever you have gone through in your life, you find a place of blessing in the presence of God. You find a place of relief from pain. So even though Je Jabez was born into poverty, he found a place of blessing in God's presence. He needed to find a place of blessing so that he wouldn't call his own children after his own sorrow and his own poverty. He needed to find a place of healing in God's presence so that he wouldn't pass that sickness on to his children. So whatever pain we have gone through, whether it be rejection, poverty, sickness, depression, you can find a place of blessing, you can find a place of reversal in God's presence so that you will not pass that pain on to others. And that is the prayer that God will answer, the prayer of desperation in his presence. God granted him what he requested. So if we don't take our pain into God's presence, we will infect others. Pain wants to reproduce. Pain wants to destroy not just your life, but your family's life, your friend's life, and your neighbor's life. But if we find a place of comfort in God's presence, Jesus is there for you. And he wants to take your pain and fill you uh, with his love, with his peace. He is the only one that can is able to, to carry that for you. So when we speak about uh, mothers and fathers, we speak in, in the body of Christ. 
we, we honor them because we know they, they have been through pain and they are still here. And as you go through life trusting in God, uh, we, we learn vulnerability so that we can uh, pass that on uh, to our children. You know, so as I said at the start, none of us are free from pain. But I want us to see pain as an opportunity to get into God's presence. Uh, one thing in families, families, even the best family you could be born into, is it's not free of pain. And, you know, church is a family. You know, it's not like when you go into the supermarket, you go there and you do your shopping. You may rub shoulders and say hi to somebody. But church is not designed to be like a supermarket. Church is a family where we not just rub shoulders, but we get involved, intimately involved in one another's lives and we commit to one another and you know when we just we felt of the lord to start uh this church harvest time church i thought it was great great idea and um you know i i, I love i always loved the house of god the family of god you know it's it's always been very dear to me since uh, jesus came into my life you know but uh, one thing, as a pastor, it's difficult, the most difficult thing I would say um, is not everybody that we started with is with us now. You know, people move on. They either get offended and leave or they, you know, outgrow us and they go. But... You know, when you get close with someone and you share intimately with them and then they just disappear, it's like, well, what, what do you want? <laughs> you know, like, why didn't you come and talk to me? You know, why just disappear? So I try and speak with people, you know, but I guess... I want you to know, everybody here, to know that, you know, you are part of this family and you are cared for and you are loved. So if you're going to move on, then, you know, let's have a family reunion or something occasionally or, you know, <laughs> let's talk. Um, so as a pastor, what I'm saying to you is, you know, I'm learning to have a big heart um, but even though my heart may be enlarged, it's still, you know, if I open up my heart to you, then I'm coming to a place of vulnerability. And you belong, your allegiance is not to me, but it's to God, but we're still a family. And, you know, love hurts. It's just the way it is. And, um, you know, if you've been hurt uh, through relationship, I would encourage you 
don't withdraw, but just choose to, to forgive and to love again. Um, so church is an opportunity for us to know one another and to worship together. And I think, you know, it's not something that we can do from the front that I can do for you, but it's a responsibility that each one of you have, you know, in your own uh, personal time. And God gives uh, each of us a capacity uh, to love and uh, each of us an opportunity to be open and vulnerable. And to be honest, like we want to create that in this church. We want to create a place of vulnerability and openness, but that requires all of you to work on. It's not just coming and listening to a sermon, but it's, it's Monday to Friday. And I would encourage you, just ask the Lord, you know, who do you want me to get to know? And how do you want me to get to know them? And how can I love? And who can I share my burdens with? And whose burdens can I take on and bear? And then when we come together in corporate worship, you know, on Sunday... Uh, we come not just bearing our own burdens, but bearing one another's burdens. And that way we become, we become the body that Jesus wants to uh, be glorified in. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more resources, please head to harvesttimechurch.org.au. Or if you'd like to connect with us directly, you can find us at Harvest Time Church on both Instagram and Facebook.